this week, I complete my collection of the big three. And I reap the remains of your nostalgia. Let's get ready to send 2020 to Soul Society. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this episode is number 33, which comes with two big milestones. The first is a congratulations to everyone out there and a big thank you for us hitting the 1,000 listen milestone on our podcast. Congrats to all you. And two, we have to round out our takes on the first seasons of The Big Three. This show, I would say, is the black sheep of the group. Not because of the outfits that they wear, but because we have a protagonist who is older, not hyperactive, brooding, and really doesn't have a goal to strive for. That's right, we take on everyone's favorite substitute Shinigami in a world of sword-fighting dead people, Bleach. But before we begin, Garrett, what are new fans expecting from this show? An inordinate amount of violence in the household. (laughs) Yes, with like brothers against sisters and all that stuff. Uh, the dad! The dad that just constantly attacks the lead character out of nowhere! Who gives him, like, a a missile drop kick out of nowhere for, like, staring at him. Wake (laughs) up! This episode is also special because we brought someone back whose relationship with Bleach comes with amazing tales. So, once again, we want to introduce our we wannabe, Tavis. Welcome back to the show, Tavis. Great to be back. Uh, Bleach is my jam. I absolutely love Bleach, and uh, I've tried to be a Soul Reaper many times. I just haven't found, you know, what to stab myself with. You know, I've tried (laughs) everything. Forks, floss, knives, like, just need to find my right soul sword. (laughs) You got to listen to it, man. It's going to tell you its name. It's like, (laughs) that's that's the rules, apparently. Uh, So, yeah, so the show that we're doing this week is the last of the big three. Um, The manga came out in 2001. Um, which is kind of funny because it coincided with our college years mm-hmm. um, and it ran all the way till 2016. So this is a very long running anime. Uh, uh, the, sh- the anime itself came out in 2004 and ran all the way to 2012 with the last season. Yeah. Only coming out a couple, a couple years ago. Um, but one thing I like to note about bleach is that it's kind of like, as I said, the black sheep. Uh, and for that, we want to give a little bit of an idea of, why it's different from the other big three, but also answer the main three questions, which is why is this show? Why was it so popular here in the United States? And finally, is it worth watching from the season one? Which by the way, thank you for reading my hot takes, everybody. Uh, So once again, let's start with, uh, before we get to like the idea of Bleach, I think it's important for the youngins out there to understand how hard it was for Garrett and I, as well as Tavis to get copies of Bleach. This was. This is a story that's going to include us walking 15 miles in the snow barefoot to uh, to read manga. But Garrett, Garrett, let's Garrett Tavis, let's talk through this, right? So, the year what 2005, we've wanted to read Bleach yeah. because it's. I've been trying to get you guys to read anime, anime. Like, this is the one you have to read. This is pre Barnes and Noble making it so pretty. So, what what do we have to do, Garrett? Well, first and first of all, there were brick and mortar stores called Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Amazon was just a dream. Was just a you know? dream. I mean, it, technically, it, it existed as a company, but it was just a dream. And uh, you absolutely got into it first, and then Tavis got into it. And, like, we were all in such close quarters with one another that when someone picked up something, inevitably someone else was going to get into it as well. But, you know, when you think about the access that we have to manga and to anime now, it's kind of absurd what we used to have to go through where you would have to go to a bookstore like Barnes and Noble, hope that they have it. If they didn't have it, you went to the borders. If the borders didn't have it, you drove three towns over to the other Barnes and Noble to see if they had it. And maybe you found a clerk who was like, Oh, we don't have it, but I, I think I can order that for you if you want me to order it. And the type of bookstore that we ended up getting and, and Tavis ended up being our liaison for this title was the tiniest of bookstores that was kind of a comic book store, but like, and I think was our best bet. And so, I don't know, Tavis, do you remember that story? What, what, what happened when you went in there to try to buy bleach? Every single time we'd go in there, uh, we would have to convince them 
to take our money. It was just like, hey, they, they released this. It's episodic. Uh, they're going to come out with one maybe every couple weeks. And if you buy that, we will be here and buy it. And it was just like, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to need this written in blood and I'm going to need it notarized <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need your home phone number and your parents' phone number. And it was just the toughest thing to do. And, and he eventually made this special order for us. And when those books came in, we would head down there rain sleet snow it didn't matter because if we didn't he was gonna find us this was like the pre-netflix this was a like a this was a like blood oath we had to say sir we need you to buy these books and we will be we will definitely buy them you just and then we had to say we are committing to buying every single book in this series for up to i believe eight eight books which is like 56 chapters well, it is a commitment though, because this right. is one of those one of those manga that if you go to a well stocked bookstore or only Barnes Noble is going to have this, it right. could be a full section of shelf. Right. That's it. You see Bleach Volume One, Two, Three, Four, Five, Six, Seven, mm-hmm. Eight, Nine, Ten, Eleven, Twelve, Thirty, Four, Fifty, Six, and and so it's uh, it's a lot. It's and we a had lot, to share you know? it too, mind you. This was in a book that like we each bought a copy. This was like. Like we each had a copy of this. We, we all had our collective copy of this book that once one person was done, you know, by the time Garrett got to it, it was a little bit more stretched out. And like by the time well, Tammy's got to it. I, I think we were just being environmentally sound. We wanted to spend <laughs> support the product, but if you we were all very three, wealthy in college, I can tell you that right now. You bought three. That's just more trees that got to come down and think about, we didn't, all need the collection we didn't all need a library of bleach no yeah tavis what's up man so it most of them or i would say a healthy portion ended up in my trunk and i remember like getting a flat tire on the side of the road and i got out and i I don't know who the passenger was but we popped the trunk and it was just this graveyard of mangas that we had to sort through to get to my tire and it you know, I that is not an appropriate resting place for how awesome this series was. I just, I want, that. this is all to say that this show is special for the three of us. That's why we had you on, Tavis. Garrett, it, it means that you have some experience with it. So it allows us to be get, to kind of think a little bit deeper about this show more than we would do it with other properties. Uh, but first off, let's talk about like initial impressions. When I, a young uh, strapping young uh, college student uh, who hung out with you guys came up and said, I got this ma- this b- manga out there called Bleach. The title m- means nothing to anybody, right? Like, it right, still doesn't right. mean much to anybody. My wife, what, my wife what did you asking me what Bleach means, and I said, right. don't know yet. <laughs> I d- uh, so I actually do know, because I did some research before we did this. Apparently, it's the artist, Hite Kubo. He actually took it from the first album that Nirvana came out with. Has nothing to do with the book. It's just like, this is my favorite album. I'm going to name my anime after this. So that's what happened. But what was your initial impressions after reading like a couple of them and then maybe even watching the anime? What are some first impressions of this show? I think it's got a good heart. It's got a good underlying um, story uh, in terms of the the lead care, lead protagonist uh, struggle, uh, his demons, not not literally, but his figuratively. Uh, his demons and what he has to overcome. And, you know, I, I think that, that that carries what at times can be a little silly, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's a lot of fun too. Yeah. And what did, what about you, Tavis? What did you think? So uh, I I like how he broke the mold. And, and you hinted at this a couple times. We didn't get that, uh, oh, I'm the quiet kid that sits in the back of the classroom, but I have secret potential that just needs an opportunity to show it. Right. And then I'll, you know, step up and fill in this. Like, no, like the epi- the first episode and Manga starts off and he's just beating up a bunch of hoodlums. Like he's already a badass and he knows he's badass and he's not trying to like hold back his power or anything like that. Um, and, and I just like how it, it approaches the stereotypical molds that all the other animes take uh, and run with it. And he just does his own thing with it. And not only that, but he like, it's like, he tries to make it a given that I'm a badass. I start as a badass. I have this rarefied red hair for a Japanese boy. I can see ghosts and this is my story. And it, and it kind of blossoms into uh, what it ends up being. Um, so, so Garrett, walk us through the first two episodes and, and, and Tavis and I will uh, kind of go through 
what is, let's talk about the first two episodes. What happens to our main character, Ichigo Kurosaki, especially as he meets Rukia Kuchiki, who's uh, one of his, uh, the side characters of this show? Right, sure. So uh, as you mentioned, the lead is Ichigo Kurosaki. And when he came on screen and we found out his name was Ichigo, my wife was sitting next to me and she studied like a little bit of Japanese. And she goes, that kid's name is Strawberry. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Uh, but she's like, maybe, maybe it's just like a, a homonym or like it sounds like something else. Because at one point he gives like some grand explanation as to what yeah. his name means. And I just the first guardian because it comes to the one and the five Ichigo. Yeah. Yeah. And in my head, I'm just like, whatever, strawberry. You got, <laughs> You've got the, red hair. You've got red the, hair. The That's first right. chapter of the book is death and strawberry. So, yes, it is because it's called <laughs> strawberry. That's. That is the actual reason. So, so yeah. the, the first scene that we open up on is um, he's been walking down this alley and he's confronting this group of three kids, um, or hoodlums, as, as uh, Tavis stated. And he's kind of giving them the business. And you see over on the side of the road that there is like a glass bottle or vase that has flowers in it that's fallen over. And he's accosting these kids and saying, do you know what that's for? And they're like, oh, that's for the kid that died there. Uh, and he's like, how could you, you know, disrespect that? I'm going to teach you a lesson. He beats the crap out of him. And they run away scared because he's tough. He's cool. He's a, he's a good guy. Uh, and he was doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And then he turns around and there's a ghost there. There's a ghost with a chain coming out of their chest, the little girl. And he says, you can... You can be at peace now. You can you can relax. You can you know go away. It's fine. I, I took care of you. So he can see ghosts, and apparently not everyone can see ghosts. And... He's Haley Joel Osment with, yes. with red hair, <laughs> but they give it away right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, I see dead people. By the way, cue the credits. <laughs> right. Um, from there, he he heads home, and this is I joked about in the beginning with uh, what we're to expect. We see a little bit of his home life. He lives with his uh, father, who is I think an internal medicine, a, a doctor, an internist, and uh, his two younger sisters. Mind and, you, by the way, I never see them with any patients throughout this entire series. Mm -hmm. This man has like, got to be the worst doctor because I've and, never seen a single person enter the door that's not a member of the family or friends. And can I say there's an awful lot of ghosts. So, <laughs> like, not a lot of patients, lots of ghosts. And for whatever reason, all the ghosts are kids. And, yes. like, what is happening in this town where all the children are dying and no one's talking about it? This is the worst pediatric, like, clinic ever. <laughs> he drop kicks every single oh. one of them to death. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So, uh, uh, Ichigo goes in his house and his father's like where have you been and like super <laughs> kicks him <laughs> he, he plays up the band he's ready to sweet shit music him as soon as he comes from the but, but Ichigo fights him back and they're just like quarreling just because he's like late for dinner and you know you're supposed to be here by seven yeah and and you start to see while they're like tussling and having their sort of comedic uh relief portion of the show mm -hmm. the two sisters talk and you see that one of them uh, probably the youngest. I, I actually don't remember the age of him, but the youngest who mm. uh, is blonde haired, um, blonde brown hair, uh, is very sweet and kind of idolizes her brother. Uh, and then the other one who I think goes by Karen. Mm -hmm. Karen, yeah. Karen, who's very dark hair. She's very serious. She doesn't like, this isn't fun for her. Like, why She always wants to talk to the manager. Yeah, yeah you beat me to the joke, Karen. I was like, <laughs> always questions why black people are in the neighborhood. <laughs> Damn you, Tavis! You gave me to it. Oh. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a loving family. There's and once again, this is not like you know, uh, you know, One Piece where Luffy. We don't know who his family is. Same thing with uh, you know Naruto Uzumaki. Right. This guy, for the all intents and purposes, save for not having his mother around, mm -hmm. is a well-adjusted young teenage boy who right. just happens to see dead kids with uh, chains coming out of their chest. So, <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah. But they find out that something is happening near the apartment. Something outside right. is, is going on. There's a disturbance in the city. And, and they go to see it. And it is this beast, sort of spider-like beast, right? Yeah, yeah. It's called a hollow. The, the, the creatures that you meet right. are called hollows. Right. And so he sees this creature. Well, it's like, it, imagine some very scary creature, but then they always put some very macabre mask on it. Yes. So that, that, that makes it look even creepier. Yeah. Uh, and he's, 
there's this girl running down the street and he grabs her hand and he says, we're getting away from this. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And as they're running away and the, the creature is gaining on him, we're introduced to probably the second biggest character in the show, uh, Rukia. Rukia? Yeah. Rukia Kuchiki, yep. Rukia. Uh, so Rukia, who in the very beginning, I was like, this is going to be an androgynous character who we have no idea if it's a boy or a girl, yeah. uh, which they don't do. It ends up being a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she comes down, swords are swinging, and destroys this beast. And when she turns around and she realizes that Ichigo can see her, she's like, say what now? Yeah. Right? Um, because she's a, she's a member of a group um, called the... Uh, she's a... Oh, God. She, she sends people to the Soul Society, so she is a soul soul warrior. <laughs> Reaper, the soul. Reaper. She's a soul sister. Hey, Mister Mister on the radio. <laughs> soul Reaper, yeah, or Inigami, as, as the show goes. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Take it from there. She's a, she's a soul train, and she just lines up and dances down the. No, she's uh, a brick. <laughs> so in the process of fighting these hollows, another thing that happens is that the hollow injures Rukia and she is um, very much injured. And then like, she's like, I need to kill this thing or it's going to kill us all and all that. Blah, 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 blah. So she decides that, well, this boy could see me. What's the harm in jamming my sword in his chest to see if he can do something to better? Well, to be fair, she senses a high spiritual energy. Right within him but he's only messed up a couple times before (laughs) she's like why don't i just give you a dab (laughs) of my power over to you son yeah and he finds out that he not only is a soul reaper he can become a soul reaper himself but his sword is bigger than any final fantasy sword you will see (laughs) it's like it's basically cloud buster with a little Mm -hmm. bit of flourish to it uh tavis talk us through um you know, Ichigo's bag, what's, what does he look like? No, I, yeah, Ichigo has the F-350 to, <laughs> to Cloud's, like, smart car. It is absurd. It, but but that's why I, I think I love Ichigo. Like, I'm a huge fa- Final Fantasy person, and he's right. just a mix of Cloud, Squall, Titus, like, all thrown in there. The hair, the sword, the stance, the attitude, everything. Um, yep, that's true. And he's, he's a bit of an edgelord. So oh, that is. Absolutely. And and I got to get behind them that it was, you know, through just a little active seppuku that instead of a radioactive spider that, that gave him the powers. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, and then another thing we learned is like when uh, people, you know, it's not the sword that sends the good spirit back, but the bottom. So like, he's like, okay, yeah. little girl, you can go back to heaven. <laughs> just like <laughs> knocks her in the skull and makes her Everyone her gets stamp. a heel stamp right yeah. in their forehead. <laughs> So that brings me to so now we learn that 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 um, Ichigo now is what we call a substitute Shinigami. So he is a replacement for the Soul Reapers, but he's a real person. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of the first season is him kind of coming to terms with that responsibility. The hollows are real. That dead people walk amongst us. All that stuff. Right. So so yeah. And um, the interesting thing about all of this, including that battle, is the next morning, like when he discovers all this and he becomes the substitute shinigami um stuff has been blown up around his house right his sisters are injured and the house is destroyed and when he wakes up his dad kicks him in the face again and says what are you doing he's like what about the injuries to my sisters and yuzu and karen and he's like no idea what you're talking about and they go downstairs and everyone believes that the missing side of the house is because luckily a truck which is not there, drove into the home while no one was in the kitchen and destroyed the side of the home. And that's how it happened. So all of this is happening in the world around us, but no one can see it unless you have this spiritual energy. So not so, only are they Shinigami, but they're also men in black. That's what they are. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they have like a little... Yeah, they're basically... Yeah, and it's so it's so great too because it's not just Men in Black where they're like, oh, leave a happy memory. It's like a random number generator. Like they're just like, we have no idea what memory is going to be left. So zap, and everyone just remembers something else. It's like filling in a Mad Libs of memories. Yeah, like, <laughs> I looked to the sky and saw. Uh... Yeah. So here's the thing. I I think there's a lot to problematize because when you see it three or four times around, like this is my third go around with bleach 
I get to think about it a lot deeper. But before we do that, I think it's important now to, for us to begin the question of why this show? What is it about this show that made it like catch fire as much as it did? And I had some thoughts. The first is that this show is what I would call the Brett the Hitman Hart or Stone Cold Steve Austin of Shonen because it's edgy, it's cool, and it's something that makes you respect anime, right? It doesn't make you do like what Naruto and One Piece, which is like, we're going to go on an adventure and or we're, I've got to protect my friends and dee 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 No, it's like the teenage version of that. It's the adult, more adult version of it but it's still got all the action and stuff that goes with it. And it also makes you respect the art form. Like at no point did I think to myself, this is for kids. Like I remember when I told you about one piece or we talked about Naruto, Garrett, you said this show's meant for kids. This show I would say is a little bit more towards the younger audience, but probably more for teenagers. Yeah. But I don't think a young kid could get it. And it's moody. And another thing I like to say is that it is stylish AF. This show has so much style to it, especially in like the intro credits. And I remember reading it in the manga and like every, like every book had a cool, it was like all white as opposed to other ones, which were different colors. And like the colors were blue and red and all that stuff. I thought it was really, really rad. So I think for us as college students, it was a little easier to get into because it didn't have all of like the baggage of, of having a younger kid show. Would you guys say that as well? Or what are some thoughts on why this show? Yeah. So uh, I, I agree with that. Um, and I'll take it a step further. Uh, the creator, uh, how do you say his name again? Uh, uh, Tite Kubo. Tite Kubo. You can tell that he cares about every single one of his characters. Mm -hmm. So, so many uh, animes, and not just in the manga, but in the show, it's just like, hey, we have our protagonist, and then we have these half-developed people that just follow him around to fill out plot, where that is not the case with Bleach. He takes, he takes such depth into their personality so that even at the... Uh, the TV show, when you finish the credits, there's always this little 10 second comedic, right? Like from someone that's not a main character, from some from someone that's in there, just because it's not just the the depressed younger sister who's just always going to go against the grain. Like there's right. there's stuff happening there. It's there's dynamic, and that's that draws you in, yeah. and it's stylish as fuck. It is. It really is. So, um, Garrett, what was your thoughts, man? Well, I was just I was to his comment when he was talking about the end credits. He learned a whole lot about Chad. I think his name was Chad, right? They call him Chad. Chad, wrong yeah. yeah. man. The He's, original we, Chad. Not only do we have a Karen, we have a Chad in this in this story. <laughs> is he supposed to be the American? Uh, he is his father. His he's of Mexican ancestry and Japanese, so he is like Hispanic and Japanese. Um, okay. I was gonna say normally we're fatter. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. This is off off track, but they dropped like an eye beam on him, and he's just like, "I'm cool, man." Like that's strong. Anyway, uh, why this show? Um, no, it 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 is very cool. It does skew slightly older. Uh, you know, we're gonna revisit the big three constantly. Mm -hmm. um, this one, I can you know, I'm I'm down with. I'm down with. Um, Monkey D. Luffy and his crew. Mm -hmm. Naruto's hard because it's just it's it's aimed for a certain age group that I wasn't when I got into it. I totally get people who are 35 and they started watching Naruto when when they were 15 and it came out. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, I get that. Right, right, right. But also, like but, it does it does uh, age. Like you're no, like you're not starting from such a kiddie spot with with Bleach. Like you don't start oh, at elementary school. Like you start at middle school with this show. Like, and I think that's an important thing. While they're at school, I never feel like it's about being at school. Right. Yeah, dude. Like, the high school is not an important piece for it. In fact, I want to assure you that as you go further into this show, as well as other things, high school will be less and less relevant as we go on. I mean, um, how can it be relevant with all the dying children in this town? <laughs> like, that high school... soul-eating mask monsters. In, yeah. <laughs> like, to, classrooms getting tossed for no reason. To be fair, it is... The, the death per capita of school students in this show is still less than the school where the one classroom dies. Oh, week. another from the show? <laughs> another? Where it's like a third of the students were dead by the end of the show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a lot luckier. Cool. If, only, if only, if only they had Ichigo there, what a different show that would be. Uh, and I think this can kind of jump into because I, like, as much as it's like, I want to give this one a lot of praise, there's a lot to problematize for it, but I also want to go to the next question of... Mm -hmm. Should you start from this point, right? And I would argue that uh, the show is great because I think it has the best second arc 
of all anime. Like, once you get to the Rukia uh, Soul Society arc, it is probably one of the best parts of the show. And it, What it, episode does that start at? Oh, boy. That's, oh, boy. I would say, like, after the Bount arc. So, you have to beat the filler. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> So they, I, they, I don't know, man, but it's it's gonna, it's gonna be a while. Um, so that's when he's he's taking lessons, right? Garrett, by the way, that's season three, um, and that's for episode forty-two. Okay. So, <laughs> but that's like the best second arc of all anime, and I think it's great. Um, the next thing uh, I would say about this is that it's not too kiddish once again, and I think the part of the show that drives this show becomes less about this story that it's it's showing, and it's more about sword reveals. And I bear with me here. This show is as much about, like, what will this sword do next? How about his sword? What does his sword do? Oh, look at its shiki, shikai. Look at its bankai. Like, I think that's what I learned <laughs> over time as the show goes on, is that, like, the story gets ridiculous. And the story goes... Wait, in who else is getting right? swords? Because through the first nine episodes, which is what I watched, you got one sword. But you then go to Soul Society where everybody's got swords. And they're swords Licensed are- to carry. Right. It's, <laughs> it's the Florida of heaven. And you- <laughs> it's like naruto with eyeballs like oh my gosh what does that eyeball right. mean <laughs> right and you're gonna learn this as it goes on the importance of sanbakuto and like they all do different things and that's the point of the show what drives the show but i gotta problematize it for several reasons and we can talk this through the first thing is the concept of death and afterlife in the show kind of doesn't work uh <laughs> first off is okay so when so, people, yeah, so go ahead, Tavis first. So the whole plot doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. That's why, like, when you watch it the third time, you can really pick it a beat part a little bit. Um, so when people die, they right. need Shinigami to hit them with the right end of their sword to go to heaven. Once they go to heaven, yeah, they still go to this like classist world in which you can be in like good and bad parts of town. And then this is all Soul Society, by the way. And then once you get to Soul Society, there's also characters that are born. So you're like, wait, so are you born as a dead person? Are you a dead person? That could be. And then when you die as a shit, as a, like a Shinigami, you come back as a living person. And it's supposed to be like a circular loop, which you learn from the, um, right. from the Quincy that you meet, not Quincy, Massachusetts, but the Quincy. And you're like, okay, so wait, so if I die, do I become a Shinigami? Like it's, it just doesn't add up to me. And the idea of like soul reapers having to hit you with a sword in order to make you come back to go to heaven is really weird. And it also, like, like this sounds like it was brought to us by J.J. Abrams and the creators of Lost. Yeah, or when the, <laughs> previously on Lost. Oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> Where did this chain come from? Lost. <laughs> hey, freckles. <laughs> so this the, the afterlife thing is is interesting because when people got they go to Soul Society, which isn't heaven per se. Like, it's not like you're, you're greeted with, with harps and angels and you're able to get, like, all the things you ever wanted. You just kind of, like, do what you did on Earth, just dead. I don't know. So, there's a lot to problematize with it. So, uh, but this goes into, uh, let's go into the next part of the season. What are some, who are some characters we learn about? Like, I want to talk about Orihime and I want to talk about Chad, who you brought, or Yarutsura Sato uh, is his name. So, Garrett, talk me through these people. Tavis, feel free to jump in. Right, so sort of uh, as we move into the third episode, we're introduced to uh, Orihime Inoue, Orihime Inoue, uh, who is the, seems to be another strawberry at the at the school, another redhead at the school. You know those, you know the the multitude of redheaded Japanese people that are out there, big breasted, mind you, redheads. It, right, but at least Ichigo, they're like his mother was essentially white, right, right, with right. red hair. But anyway, um, so. Orihime is sort of seen as this girl who's a little bit intimidated by Ichigo. She kind of seems to stumble around. She's a little weird. Like, they ask her what she brought for lunch, and she's like, ramen with peanut butter. And they're like, you eat the strangest things, Orihime. It's um, like the girl with glasses and, and, paint, and paint cover overalls and, like, that ends up becoming hot when they do a makeover of her. She's right. like, that's set up, you know? Like, oh, my <laughs> God, paint cover overalls. Yeah, like, she's all that, like, oh, glasses and a ponytail. Oh, that girl eats ramen with peanut butter. Stinky peanut. <laughs> like, that girl's never going to be hot. Like, <laughs> that kind of setup. So, so, uh, but we, we come to find out that she's a little off because her parents deserted uh, years ago and left her brother to take care of her. 
but three or four years ago, um, her brother died. We don't know why, because in the scene where they're carting him off, he, he's like 25 years old, it seems, or 20 years old, and they're carting him off, and he's just like in a business suit with no visible wounds. No, like, it, there he's... He died of responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking that. I'm like, he's in Japan. He's working his butt off. He's stressed out. He died of responsibility. And they're just carting him away. But but it, it turns out that I don't know the standard amount of time when people die and they're floating around and they're they're waiting to be sent to the soul society i don't know how long that normally is but for him he seemed to sort of get lost in the fold and it's been three or four years now mm-hmm. that he's been floating around and watching her and we come to find out that it that's because as he was dying she said don't leave me don't leave me and she would pray for him not to leave her and to watch over him and so his soul was never able to carry on unfortunately one night while he's doing that thing watching over her which at the moment you believe is super creepy because he's looking through her window at night um he's attacked by a couple of hollows which again are these demons from the underworld this guy man he's had a rough go i know (laughs) and and they attack him and he's basically gang attacked uh (laughs) i'm glad you finished that just right garrett he's gang attacked in the in the underworld and he's turned into a hollow a hollow actually possesses him mm-hmm. and he comes back and he's coming for her because you've got this blend of two people you've got the hollow which is the evil who's saying i want to bring people to the underworld and then you've got him which is making the hollow gravitate towards her mm-hmm. um and so uh this is each someone within Ichigo's circle who he realizes he has to protect not only for her, but they have a mutual friend. Um, I'm trying to, oh, Tatsuki. Yeah, yeah. Tatsuki is their, their mutual, that's his best she's, friend. She's the peppermint never patty, going to you be know? romantic with him. She's like the peppermint patty or like the friend that was with peppermint patty. They're not, she's not like, she's like kind of into Orihime, but just won't say it. She's like, none of these guys are good enough for you, Orihime. Hi there, guys. <laughs> So the brother becomes a hollow. He goes to attack Orihime, and uh, Ichigo comes in and saves him. And he's like, yeah. he's like, you could, you know, how dare you, older brother, attack your sister like that? That's the one thing older brothers don't do. And I'm like, come on. Right. You've and, and, and because, so, because he still has a hair of his soul remaining, yeah. he bites off the hollow, if only temporarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mask, this this macabre mask cracks in half, and his actual face is revealed on this very strange abbed out uh snake body full of responsibility (laughs) in his hollow hole was filled with responsibility right and then uh like any good older brother to protect his younger sister he commits harry carry and just like (laughs) he doesn't become a shinigami he just becomes more dead (laughs) but they do say that by doing that that he would then cross over into a purifying thing which was like the first time i was confused by the concept of what they were going for i am going to pure hold it's it's it literally is like the hold still this looks i know i'm coming at you full speed with this giant buster sword but it promised me i'm purifying you this is for your own good (laughs) 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 right like when you really think about it the the, like idea of heaven is really messed up in this show (laughs) i've always had that now i'm like like, kind of weird so, so Garrett brought up something that uh that I think's worth mentioning. So the hollows are kind of they're they're this unique monster. And and they are. They're monsters and all they talk about is like, ooh, I'm hungry and I, yeah. I want to eat these souls. I want to eat these souls. Mm-hmm. But then every hollow and oh, and the way you become a hollow we talked about is you either die with regrets or a bunch of hollows or hollows gang yeah. attack you. And <laughs> And I think that every hollow, another requirement is that you need to monologue. <laughs> it, it's monologue this, so long your whole yeah, it's, 
it's this weird dynamic where these monsters that just want to eat end up talking to the soul reapers for about 10 minutes in every episode. And, and it's not like this creepy voice. It's like a guy waiting at the bus stop like, hey, yeah, so. I may be I'm, this I, bat creature, <laughs> I, can't I got a lot to say, my friend. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to eat you. And uh, I'm going to eat you this way. Uh, first, I'm going to eat you. And then uh, while I'm eating you, I'm, I'm really going to savor eating you. And it's and just let me this- open my mouth to show you that I have another mouth in here. <laughs> so yeah, this show is this show. As I said, there's lots of problem types for it, but um, the thing I want you all to prepare you for because it seems like when I started bringing up stuff, you were like, "What are you talking about, Kyle? Like, where are you going with this?" And I forget that like you know we read it so far, and it's been so long since you've gotten to the second arc. Is that everything that this is my hot take that got me a little trouble on Instagram? Is the idea that whatever you pick up from this show, just forget about. <laughs> it's going to not matter after this season. All right? All the characters you meet, they don't really matter all that much. You, you know, you, you meet this cute little, you know, plush little, uh, plush little tiger that can talk. It's witty, and it's got a cool, uh, it's like the funny comic relief. You'll never see him again after this, <laughs> this season. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and you want to, you, you know, Orihime, who, you, who might be a love interest? Eh, she's kind of pointless in the second season she doesn't really do much but become like the the damsel in distress in the third season and who cares after that chad who you're like is the cool guy with the really powerful fist yeah he might beat like the 16th hardest guy in the in this in the show but you don't really need to worry about him it's it's such a bummer because when i watched this i was like wow i really wish they dove into the earth more like i wish this show could have gone in one direction it could have been Ichigo stays on Earth and he tries to protect Earth from hollows. But then as soon as they got to Soul Society, they're like, wow, we just really killed it in Soul Society. So let's just let's just stay in this area. Let's just let's just play with all this up here. And it just it just went in that direction after that. So 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 obviously it goes to places that we'll have to revisit in future episodes because right. you know I don't have it now. But let me just ask you, um the fourth episode. I know it would be really easy. Uh, it would be really early for this to be the case, but it was called the cursed parakeet. Is there any chance that this would be what you would consider filler? Because I got to be honest with you, an episode with a cursed talking parakeet absolutely seems like a um, a one piece eight episode into the desert type arc that means nothing to anybody. Did you get to the end of that though? I wonder, like, did you get to the end of the cursed parakeet? Let me just look at the. So I feel like uh, with those early ones, even though that's like, uh, yeah, we're not going to see the parakeet again. It uh, is, it's bringing out other aspects of this life and death because that, that hollow that they killed in that episode was a truly evil hollow. He was, he was a serial killer that wasn't gang attacked. And, the you know parakeet. when he died but, eh? yeah hey dead kid another dead kid yeah another dead kid yeah <laughs> and and when he died he didn't go to that redemption like he went to this like blazing level of hell and that was kind of like the righteousness of the soul reaper side so while i see it as like a filler plot that right. just had the token amount of dead kids you know, I think it brought in that life and death aspect. That... And I will say it did provide some much needed comic relief for me when Chad, who I really, really liked, can't see what he's fighting. And he's just like punching, punching the air. air. Another thing about, so so I will tell you what is and isn't filler. You're going to get to a point in season four when, you, when we continue the show, when we get to what's called the bounce arc, because you start to learn about the Quincy. Then you start to learn about the Shinigami. And then you start to learn about what's called the Bount, which these are the you know, the people you'll never need to know about after this series, is, this season's over. And their thing is that they are like kind of like Highlanders. They're like immortals that eat, eat people's souls, but they like have this object that turns into something else. So it kind of like is the sword idea, but it's different. It's, that's filler. <laughs> it's, it's, it goes nowhere. No one cares after the whole thing's done and you never bring them up after the season's over. The parakeet means something because you're supposed to feel like really sad for this kid. And by the time you get to Soul Society, when they when they go into Soul Society, mm-hmm. you see that the kid's doing okay. And that's kind of that's supposed to be you're like, hmm, good for him. I'm glad he's <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad for that murdered kid. <laughs> I'm glad he turned out all right. <laughs> so <laughs> so another thing, and, and Tavis brought this up is the idea that this show 
as Tavis says, he, he gives a lot of thought. Tito, uh, uh, Tito Kube, who, by the way, you know, I want to round out how much this guy is worth. He's valued at $50 million because of this uh, property, which is 30 more than the Naruto guy. So Garrett might be right with his contracts that he may have been screwed over pretty hard. And um, correct me if I'm wrong. This was his like life project. Like he was nothing before Bleach, and he invested heavy in it. Right. And then, and then, so like, I, I would I would use that as an argument against early fillers as well because I feel like these first episodes mm-hmm. they they parallel the manga so so strong strongly. Yeah, and and I think the one that he has come out with there is an anime that you and I Garrett will be covering in 2020 called Burn the Witch, which is really, really good, is the last one he's done since Bleach. So in 2001, he did Bleach, rode that pony all the way to the end, and then he came out with something new this year in 2020. So we'll, we'll, we'll have a shot of talking Burn the Witch, because I, I wonder, because I really liked it a lot. Um, but he also gives a lot of attention to characters in that when you meet them in the manga, they give you the profiles. Like, this is Chad. He's this years old. This is his blood type. Uh, this is his age. This is his nationality. This, and then he gives him a theme song, which I think is really crazy. So each character has a theme song. Okay. So what's going to happen now is is I've prepared a YouTube playlist because music's right. really important in this show. As as on top of being stylish, and I'm going to pause it and we're going to listen to a little bit of the song, and then you and then we're going to talk about it. Like, does the music okay. match the characters of each? So the four characters we've met so far is Ichigo. Uh, Rukia, uh, Orihime, and Chad. And we're going to start with Ichigo Kurosaki, whose theme song is um, by the band Bad Religion called News from the Front. So here we go. Um, all right, gentlemen. So we uh, were talking about this song, uh, Ich- Ichigo's theme song. If this is his like, WWE coming down with Titan Tron theme song. What did you guys think of this song? I want Tite's Spotify playlist. Like. He- TT's got a good taste, man. I've been listening to some of the stuff that he came out with, and I'm like, huh, I missed this, man. This is good music. Uh, as far as the theme song for Ichigo goes, I feel like it's too motivated and driven. Yeah. Be, like, he's very, yeah, I'll do the right thing, but only if it's close and personal to me. Like, I'm, I'm not going out there to save the whole world. Right. And, and that's like a song with a purpose. It had words like groping man tides, and I didn't like that too much. <laughs> Garrett, any thoughts before we move on? Uh, it was driving punk rock music. Uh, it moves It moves the story along. It's inspiring. It makes you want to rock out and think that this dude is the man. But I, I agree with Tavis's uh, assertion that uh, it might not be an ideal match to Ichigo. All right. And so the next song that we're going to be playing is the song Wingstock by the like vi- rock violin artist Ashley McIsaac. Wait, wait, wait. Wayne Stock? Wing Wingstock. Oh, okay. Not oh, Wayne Stock. Is... <laughs> different. It's a little different. Yeah. It's Wingstock. Like Wingstop, you know, the place where you go to fall asleep eating garlic parmesan wings before. I'll be eat. sure to uh, cross all my T's and dot all my <laughs> So that was the Rukia's this is Rukia's theme by the way, Karen. Yeah. I I think this is perfect for her because I I know she's a soul reaper, but but there's something about someone coming from the spiritual world to the real world, and the way this song has, it's almost very like fairy esque and and very very mystical. But then when it when it when it drops, mm-hmm. you know the sword comes out. There's mm-hmm. flames, and it's uh, and you realize that yes, she is. She is sensitive and she is caring and she's, you know, Ichigo's partner. But then you also see she's not someone to be messed with. And I, I, I think that was perfect for her. That was perfect for her. Tavis, I'm going to give you two guesses on what bands I think that sounds like. What did you think Rukia's theme sounded like? What band? Oh, sorry. I was on mute. I yeah. was talking drunk. Uh, two guesses. I would say probably Flogging Molly. And... That's the first, right? Yep. Uh, I don't want to say Dropkick Murphy because I think they're closer to bad religion. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, my uh, yeah. my answer was Dropkick Murphy. So oh, know. there we go. I was a bad test taker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's very. What Boston rock band does this sound like? <laughs> yeah, I I agree with Garrett though. I think uh, I think the song aligns with her Zimpaktu 
very well because it's right. not the big fat blade like mm-hmm. it's an elegance it's like sword dancer yeah it's, it's like dancing is the theme of the of the sword and, so, yeah and Kyle not for anyone on the call because clearly we all understand deeply could you tell the listeners at home what a Zen Paktu is so by the way you both it, I, I try my best not to fix anybody's pronunciation of words on this show because I don't want to be that guy it'll be like actually Zen Paktu uh, I don't <laughs> I hate that guy. Like I like I know people are gonna get back and be like, why don't you why didn't you check here? Because you kept calling Kuroko last time Kuroka, and it was like dinging me in the head. But I didn't want to do that to you. I was yeah. like, so 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 a zampakto is a sword that's essentially an extension of your soul. And what happens is is that it looks like a sword, but it really is an extension of your soul energy. Got it. Got it. And so what happens is is when you pull it out, it's just a normal sword. But when you say its name and you give it like a command phrase it becomes a better sword with like a special ability um, right. for uh, yeah. So what you said, Tab, it's like dancing is a theme of Rukia's and you won't see Rukia's until like way later in the series, but it's, it's dance. So it's like dance this, the name of this sword and then her sword will change and it'll have special powers. And then later in the show, you get what's called a bankai, which is means like the most badass move. It's like waiting for the stunner to come out. Like you're gonna wait for like Stone Cold Steve wants to do the stunner and then finish him. That's what the bankai is. So wait, is is it the, is it the finisher or is it the semi finisher? Like like so Stone Cold Steve Austin, the finisher is the stunner. The semi finisher is the Luthez press. Correct. Because, yeah. It's when he's stomping a mud hole. He's doing a <laughs> he's, he's doing a shikai at that point. And when he hits the, the kicks him in the chest and does the stunner and then celebrates with the beers, that's when he does the bankai. The ah, beer that kind of gives an idea. Like bankai is. And only a few Shinigami can do this. It's like badass when you can do it. And that's what I say, like, Bleach is about finding out what everybody's thing is. That's what Bleach is. So to me, Bankai is that thing that, like, when you would play WrestleMania 2000 on N64, you would do it in the corner, raising your special bar until you could do your special bar. Do the Bankai drop on top of Bret Hart with Yokozuna? Yeah, it's uh, a little different than that. So yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm with you, Gary. Is is Bonkai Ric Flair coming out from the corner and stumbling on the ground <laughs> before he gives you the figure four leg lock? Yes, that's him doing it. It's him calling it upwards, going Bonkai. Woo! <laughs> that's, that's that's the the chant that you use. Oh. All right, moving on. We are now going to be doing Chad's theme song or Yatusora Sato's uh, theme is right. the song "No Song Unheard" by the Helicopters. Hella, by the way, spelled H-E-L-L-A. I'll give you two guesses where this band's from. Yep. So this is, yes, this is uh, his uh, theme song. This is Chad's theme song. Uh, what did you guys think besides the fact that it sounded like you're just what I needed by the cars? Or <laughs> it sounded like, honestly, like Pete and Pete's theme song. Like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounded like someone from a Nordic country was uh, talking to me and singing. I love to drink one and one half liters of beer when I go out with ladies. <laughs> oh, hockey! Is it time to sing the song? That's a little Reinhoek. A little hockey. Hockey. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I'm sorry. This is off topic. Everyone out there, if you are under 32 years old, you have no idea the joy that E-Bombs World brought us. <laughs> yeah. That was the end of the world. The other day, my wife was like, have you ever seen this video called The End of the World? And I'm like, I don't know. And she goes, it starts with hockey. And yes. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, we remember that. That was the one of like the first 10 videos ever on the internet. <laughs> Literally the first thing in my inbox. If we're all back 2,000 pages, that's the first thing in my and inbox. And it was like, re, 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 cc, re, 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 end of the world. That's what the subject line was. But yeah, I would say this is the most surprising of the songs. It sounds very upbeat for a guy who's a Spanish uh, fish fighter who's also Japanese. I don't know. It didn't fit. I, I was expecting something that would fall in line with like Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop or like right. something a little more. That's how I picture Chad whenever yeah, like I. Bacano. Yeah, like the yeah. I think it was, to me, it was kind of cool though. And Chad's cool, man. Chad, stuff just rolls off his back. I beams oh, problems. He just, <laughs> just roll off his back. He can and, launch a, gi- a, a Japanese dead girl all the way across the room. I know. <laughs> Which, by the way, was like the least climactic move ever. And it was funny because, like, let us never speak of this again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's like it's like your dad 
has you as a little kid in the pool and he's like throwing you in the air, but he throws you a little too close to the concrete walkway around the pool. <laughs> and finally, uh, Garrett, you might need to help me with this. If you go to the show notes at the bottom, I have the name of uh, uh, Orihime's uh, theme song. It's in French. And, and this woman is a Parisian too. So she, uh, do you know how to, can you pronounce that? I want to say it's it, it's a uh, it's like it's like either ten vapa or ten vapa. Ten vapa, yeah. Because um, like, so I'm, is... I'm, I'm assuming the apostrophe is making you go like ten. No, it should be like ten. Ten vapa. Ten vapa, which is done by I want to say is like the the Debbie Gibson of of, of France. Uh, so <laughs> let's give it a shot. So yeah, this is Orihime's theme. It's kind of like like Debbie Gibson, but like. You know, like, well, the, I mean, the direct translation is don't go. So, oh. I mean, like, or he may like talking to her brother, don't go, like, I kind guess. Of over the head with it, you know. And th- this is kind of, a, and then Tavis, you can get your thoughts because I had another one. What, what did you think about this song? Does it fit each, uh, Orihime's? Because she's more bubbly than this, I think. Yeah, I guess it's like, it's just very vanilla. It's like, mm-hmm. but you know, vanilla gelato. It's not like <laughs> vanilla ice cream. <laughs> it's, <laughs> It, it does nothing for me. I, I hate to imagine the songs that didn't make the cut because this is very for, forgettable. But based based on her character, I think it'd be better if you gave her like a B-52 song. Like, but it wasn't a rock. It was a rock lobster. Or he may. She's just a weird girl. Right. And I, I, I agree. And I, I think it didn't do her that much service. But... This is like, if I was to sit in a room or if I was to be at a con, a Comic-Con, and Tite Kubo was a- taking questions from Americans, I want to meet Tite and say, like, does he actually know any language? Because it seems like when you meet new characters, not only do they have different abilities, but each ability is a different language. Like, <laughs> Zanpak toes are in Japanese. Like, so when they say things, they're Japanese. When you meet the... Um, the hollow baddies that you meet later, their moves are in Spanish. And then when you meet the Quincy, their moves are all in German. And I'm just wondering if like he knows anything or he's just like, he just pulls out dictionary.com and just like goes like, hey, how do you say bloodsucker in Spanish? All right, I'll do that. Like, <laughs> rise, chupacabra. Like, like, I know he does that. <laughs> like, and I also, like, that's the one thing I always wanted to know was that back in. Um, yeah, and, and then I just think he, I, I also, but I, what it makes me think is that, like, there's a lot of music, like you said, Tavis, that I want to listen to from him, uh, mm-hmm. that I think he would actually make a really good, uh, playlist, so, uh, yeah. this is what I think, but the only song that I don't think deserves as much merit, because the one that we really, I'm, I definitely want time to talk about the awesomeness of the opening theme song, that really gets me hyped, right. is the ending theme song to this show, my, ahead, my wife would sit on the couch next to me and she'd go, nope, don't like it, and would stand up and go into the kitchen every time <laughs> it came on. Nope, don't like it. <laughs> Tabas, what'd you think, man? I feel like it was an attempt to make people think about the episode after <laughs> like the show's over. Like, you know, the movie theater, like the the final like screen flakes, the lights come on yeah. and the crowd sits in silence. That was his attempt. And it just missed hard. And this is why I wonder about like if he understands what things are said because it, to an American ear, it sounds like a terrible teenager who can't, who just learned how to play the guitar, learned to write her first love song, and did a terrible job at it. And it's like as anybody who's a teenager for the first time writing a song does it, it's boring. Oh, I dislike it. But I do want to say that one that belongs on my a song that belongs on my anime theme song playlist is the song Asterix by Orange Range, which is the first song on the first opening of Bleach. Mm-hmm. I love, 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 love this song, and I'm going to play it right now. Garrett, what did you think of the song? Because I think it really sets up the style of the show, and it really makes the, song, the show seem cool, but you're not too stressed out watching it. That's what I took from it. It does, and, and I also want to know with the intro if the animation has like evolved over the years, because I kind of felt like it was so much more sharp than the show. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's very it's very get up and go, very, you know, you, you're ready for it, you know? 
I also love that they had it's a band with like three different rappers and they're all like different pitches but they're all like kind of in the same like range of like four notes it's like it's like very much like it goes like down in bass you think it's one guy doing three different pitches but it's three different japanese people so we're on we're on episode 33 right iconic soon to be legendary podcast right um in terms of scoring the shows Right. Seems to me like Bleach is pretty high up there for you. Uh, I would say for Weeb, it definitely is. And I think it's one that anybody can jump into. Is it your top one? Because I have one in my mind that I would think would be your top one. Okay. Well, we can definitely add this. When we go to the scores, we're going to pull out that pin, and I'll make sure that uh, we get that that one in special space. Sounds Um, good. But um, so uh, one thing that that is great is that the show is very much about the music. It's about the style. It's about the colors. It's about... The air, it's about, it's like, it's very thematic and it's cool and all that stuff. Um, and for me, I think it's just as important for people to kind of really get an idea from that Bleach is just style. It's just all style, it's substance, it's artistic and all that stuff. And I think for me, it's a really great watch. And I, I think it's one that like, the manga is really good, but the anime elevates it. It's like sometimes when you read a manga and you watch the anime, you're like, you just put a voice and color on this thing. But Bleach actually adds substance to it it actually is a plus to it i don't know would you did you guys think that when you watch the anime as opposed to the manga yeah it it stayed incredibly true to the manga Mm -hmm. and then it just aided in that development so it didn't it didn't betray the characters it didn't you know so often you read you read a novel and then you watch it and you're like nope that's not how i saw it but no this this built on what you had and it it just stayed true through and through Absolutely. Garrett, what did you think, man? I, I agree. I agree. I, I told you sort of at the beginning that I didn't uh, remember a whole lot of those uh, those manga reading sessions. I've probably had a bit too much alcohol since then to to preserve every brain cell that, that stored it, but it, it, it brought a lot back. Um, and, you know, it, I enjoyed it as much now as I remembered enjoying it then, but I was reading it then, you know? Great. So... Everything you loved about what you just watched, as I said, throw it out the window because soon we are going to be entering into the Rukia Rescue Arc. This is, I'm going to tell you what you're going to be looking forward to um, is that eventually what we find at the end of the first episode is that Rukia is in trouble for some reason. And her brother and uh, another guy who's a captain, who's a high-level Shinigami, is going to take her to go to like Soul, Soul Reaper Jail and she's going to face her crimes, so to speak. Um, which which is basically giving this human powers, which she shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. And now uh, Ichigo and his friends are going to go to Soul Society and rescue her. And all the way, we start to learn about the captains, the vice captains, Soul Society. You, you get more sword fights. You get more, like, you know, dueling conflicts and dueling interests. The morality is a little grayer because, like, some of them don't really want to kill Rukia, but some of them are, like, justice forward and, like, we have to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's very much a much more exciting version of this. And that's why I said, like, this version of Bleach, just look at it in the rearview mirror. Because it's not coming back. You're not going to go back to Earth. You're not going to have fun times with friends killing hollows. You're going to be having sword fights over and over and over again. Until one, and then someone keep – it basically is someone's going to pull out a bigger sword. And someone's going to go, oh, you had that sword? Oh, my sword's three feet taller. And one goes, I got this one. But now it turns into a baby. I'm not kidding. That's one of the that actually happens. And so – it's and, and I'm excited for you guys to get there because I'm, I'm remember- glad. So I trust your your viewpoint implicitly, and I'm glad you're excited for me to get there because the words coming out of your mouth are not exciting me. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, okay, lots of sword flights, character development. See you later. Awesome variety of people. Mm-hmm. See you later. So I'm. Clearly, it's clicked with you, and and I hope I feel the same way about right. it that you do. But as I said, your words do not match the emotions you're <laughs> that I should be feeling. Well, this is, but that's what you're gonna be looking for. Like I, I say, like look forward to, but really, it's like it gets it gets bigger. Like it, it, the scale goes from this like kind of neighborhood based. It's like going from the Defenders to the Avengers, right? From going to the the failed Netflix like Daredevil team, the small like ten square block conflict to the universe and stuff like that. So that's, that's what I, I, would, I would argue it's going to be. So um, 
yeah, so we're going to – so the next question, even though uh, this – I'm not even going to ask the are you going to keep watching because you're going to have to. That's what the show does. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Dun-dun-dun. Is uh, we're going to go what's called our Weeb and Noob score. So the, what the Weeb and Noob score is is not, uh, you know, whether it's good or bad because I want people to watch all anime all the time regardless if it's good or bad. In fact, bad anime has something that you can get out of it. It's just – how soon should you watch it right now compared to what you are? So you could be like Garrett. And if you're a new person, what does this mean for your overall digest of anime? Is it going to teach you something? Is it something that's going to explain something about, uh, is it something that, that you think is more priority for a weeb? It's like the world is your oyster. You have Crunchyroll, you have Verve, you have Netflix and Hulu. Where do you start? Is this, is this higher in your list? And for someone like Tavis, it's kind of a mix of those two things. So uh, let's start with Tavis. Let's go reverse order on this. Out of 10, Tavis, what do you give this for your weeb wannabe score? So this, this is the whole kit and caboodle for me. This, this is, like, you got me into Naruto, then you showed me adult anime, which this is what I considered. And, like, I mean, it takes a lot for college kids to drive miles in pajama pants to try to get a manga. This, this is a 10 for me. Um, right. Pure nostalgic, uh, the mangas, the the series just made consuming it so much easier. Right. Um, so I'm going to go with 10, but just because it gets a 10 doesn't mean I, I don't have a couple gripes. And, and just a couple thoughts to leave with. Uh, Rukia's glove, that's the original Thanos glove. I mean, she can <laughs> punch souls out of people. Hollows have great dental plans. And there's... <laughs> So much magic and mystery in this, but the only way the Soul Society can work is through cell phone texts. Like, really? On a flip phone? I mean, those those are three takeaways, but it's a hard 10. Good. That's awesome. Uh, Garrett, let's go Let's go with you, man. What is the new, what would be a new fan's it's, score for it's, it's, a, uh, it's a solid nine. And of mm-hmm. course, clearly I don't remember where this goes with the sword battles, uh, but I can tell everyone out there, um, we always talk about how much do you need to watch? How much do you need to watch? And the answer is nine episodes because I had been looking to watch six and then I had time for seven and then seven was it to be continued. And then I got through nine and, and there's this seven, eight, nine is this three part episode uh, that sort of really leads you to what drives Ichigo. What is at the heart of this character? And I thought they were going to let him, without spoiling anything, finish that up mm-hmm. in episode nine. And I was like, as they're doing it, I'm like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And they gave you just like the tiniest little taste of it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I'm coming back for more. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Watch the first nine episodes and it's going to evolve, which I guess is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could watch Frasier for 10 years and, and just be like, hey, it's the same thing over and over again. Or you could watch a show that evolves and um, – yeah, nine. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Weep score, I'm going to cut you guys. Uh, I'm going to give cut right in the middle between your scores. I'm going to give it a 9.5. Um, I think of all the big three, this is one that I think anybody can jump into. Um, it doesn't It doesn't age, it ages well. Um, mm-hmm. I would say the smart mark in me would be like, uh, which is another wrestling term, uh, is would be like, know that you're getting to a Shonen show. So the same problems with Shonen is going to be with this show and you're not going to avoid it, which is over-ramping. The sh- things are going to get yeah. too big, too fast. You're going to, the show's going to get to a certain point. You're like, okay, that, I mean, you, you're, you're now in like universe destroying. You can't go higher than this. And then like to the kind of keep trying to make the stakes higher. And then you kind of like, are going like, eh, you know, that kind of stuff. Dragon Ball Z has that problem. One Piece has that problem. Naruto has that problem. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to have that same curse that all shown in anime has in it. So just be prepared for it, but also know that it's cool. It's stylish. Uh, you can geek out about the, it, it's, it's specific enough, especially when you learn about the Zanpakuto and what they're all about. Uh, I say stick around, definitely get through to the Soul Society arc because that's what got me hooked on it and go for it. It's just a great show. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, as we get to thanking you all again, once again, and, and also Garrett, is there any thoughts you have on reaching a thousand views? Did you ever think you would get here? Uh, no. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't Maybe. know. I, I got to be honest with you. I never, uh, this started as like, it's, it's fun. I do this because it's fun. And, and to have people actually listen or care to listen, 
um, is a bonus. I mean, if you, if you do the math on that, if we're 33 episodes, you got over a thousand listens. I know that per episode people out there might be like, that doesn't sound like a big number. All right. 10 or 15 people listen to you every time, but really think about that. Think about when you like go around in your life and you're talking and usually people don't care what you have to say. Mm -hmm. A thousand times people have cared what we have to say in the past six months. That's pretty cool. It feels pretty good. And we, we like to think of it as like also expanding our ecosystem, expanding our, our circle of friends. And we hope that by you joining us in this thousand listen journey that you now have joined our friend, our friend circle along with our, our frog friend here, Tavis. And I was going to say, I I thought I'd been a friend for a while. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, everybody else out there to know that like, you know, we want to hear your thoughts. When I say these things, when I always end the show with, I want to hear your thoughts. I legit want to know because we kind of consider you guys all our family in this point. Now give us, you know, we, 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 value your opinion just as much as ours and so i want to thank people for for really valuing our, our opinions on this stuff valuing the the kind of humor we bring to it because as a fan i don't want to be too up my butt about it garrett is a good sport about it and it's and it also means a lot to us that fans are willing to listen to that exchange so um as we thank you thank you thank you all again for watching this and for listening to us it's just as important to hear your thoughts is Bleach one of those shows that you think is the penultimate uh, big three anime? Do you love it for its sword fighting? Do you think Ichigo's the coolest character? Do you think the dead person theme is really cool? Or is it a little bit too edgy, a little too teenagery? Does some parts of it not stick right with you? Let us know in the comments below because we really want to hear your thoughts, especially on the hot take that I just gave. Uh, we want you to listen to all of our podcasts, especially on anchor.fm slash podcast. You can also follow us on social media, on Twitter at weeb underscore noob as well as on Instagram at Wamba Podcast. Uh, give us a five-star rating where all of your podcasts are found because it'll help more people listen to it, and we look forward to the next 2,000 listens. Uh, but before we go, guys, any final thoughts about the show Bleach? Watch Bleach to save the children. It's about <laughs> the children. Save the children. <laughs> Won't anybody think of the children? Gary, what do you think, man? Uh, I just can't wait to see who has the biggest, blackest sword. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be uh, donning our Zumpok toes, splitting hollows in half, uh, saving baby phantoms and stuff like that. All in all, to wish you guys a great. See you next week. Take care, y'all. <laughs>